Now more than ever, the industry that fuels the world needs the right people to modernize and unify a global energy platform. The transformation is both digital and cultural. Join us as we explore strategies for success in the hyper-competitive war for talent here on the Energy Workforce of Tomorrow podcast, hosted by the IBM North American Oil and Gas Team. Hello and welcome to another episode of Energy Workforce for Tomorrow, sponsored by Ericsson. I'm Jason Duff, IBM Oil and Gas Lead for North America. Just a very quick word from our sponsors, Ericsson. As we're all aware, the oil and gas industry is digitizing rapidly. In addition to helping the industry reap the benefits of cost reductions, capture efficiencies for top-line revenue, achieve safety and environmental goals, digitization is enabling better and stronger connectivity. Ericsson provides best-in-class connectivity solutions for oil and gas with a 4G and 5G private networks. Check out the site at www.ericsson.com forward slash oil and gas. I'll put that in the notes. Hello, everyone. I'm sitting in a room with four other people. Hello, Jerry. Hello, team. Hello, Jason. How are you? I'm good. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. What else are we celebrating? What's the right term these days? It's all holidays at this stage. All the holidays. Do we call it happy holidays, Neil? Are we comfortable? I'm certainly, I'm getting used to it. It's not something we use normally in Scotland, but we go for Christmas typically. But here, it's all the holidays. Okay, let's go American happy holidays. Texan. Jim, what do you call it? Time off. Time off. <laughs> happy Christmas. How about that? Happy Christmas. Look at that. I got festive. I, I just think it's time to just stuff myself with food and dessert. And Didn't all, you do and that last week at Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just keep it going. <laughs> it never stops. It's the it most never wonderful stops. time of the year, Jason. Right. Indeed. Are you going to button this song? It's the most. Oh my God, no, <laughs> oh, no dude, seriously. No. So this is our Christmas festive happy holiday podcast, Jerry, right? It's going to be loads of fun, everybody. We're going to reintroduce ourselves. That's going to be scintillating. We're going to do reflections and cover the topics we've covered so far, talk about what we're going to do in the next year. We're going to take some listener questions, which we've never done before, so we're excited to do that. And then we're going to talk about our holiday plans. And I know everybody's going to be excited. Kind of a list of great places to see and fun things to do. I thought I just told you my holiday plans, Jerry, but... Get stuffed with food and, yep. and drink. Stuffed <laughs> with food and drink, yeah. I Excellent. thought you had some sort of exercise stuff going on. What happened to that? It's a holidays, Jason. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's I like the way he looked at me there. That's right. His digestive system, I suppose. Let's ask him again in January. Well, what, the, there'll be another what, excuse. What happens if you in the all, holidays stays in the holidays. If, if you all can see uh, our illustrious leader over here, Jason, he's wearing a, uh, was it Robocop-esque? It's a Robocop-esque Christmas realwear loaner unit. Thank yeah, you, thank you, Realware, for giving us these very expensive, very attractive I've put it on my head five ways already. There'll be some pictures on the footnotes of how I've worn this. Yes, yeah, maybe some cool. pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Do we say pictures? You know, those, we say pictures. those headgear are obviously used out in the field for doing things like instruction-driven repairs, et cetera. Augmented reality. I really think, Jace, as we get older, I may need those just to be able to learn, you know, how to tie my shoes every day, right? Just simple stuff like that. Absolutely. I'm going to watch the wife, I'll sort of watch what she's doing at home and give her some sort of views. Sorry, Margaret. You're always in the podcast. Is that <laughs> the, the, sorry, Mark, really, I'm sorry, Mark. This is going to no. be a terrible festive thing if yeah. you keep that Mark. I was, wondering, I was wondering where you were going with that, Jason. So, For our listeners, what Jason was wearing was only slightly more aggressive than the Google Glass that maybe was a bit infamous. So what are we covering, Jerry, today? 
Yeah, so I think we were going to do reintroductions just for our listeners to reacquaint them with our slate of hosts. And for unfortunately, our Kieran, one of our team members, can't be here. She's traveling right now. But indeed, we've got five of our hosting team, and we were just going to remind everybody who we are. Why don't we start with you, Brian, since you've been so vocal about your holiday plans already? <laughs> so Brian Woodward, been on with IBM for about three years, but been working in and around the industry for the last twenty-five. Sort of a Texas Houston native, and a have the privilege of looking after SLB. I have to say SLB now, not Schlumberger, right? As we all know, remember. my client rebranded themselves as we talk about the energy workforce of the future and energy transition. And I've uh, been on uh, Jason's team and with the other guys in the room here. Feels like 33 years, not three years. In a good way, by the way, before we start fighting on this podcast. <laughs> 33 plus. That's it. <laughs> Hey, it's Jim Costas here. So I'm based in Houston. I'm a longtime IBMer. Actually was an intern with IBM back in the day, went away and then came back about 19 years ago. Actually, it's 19 years as of mid-December, Jim. So it happy is 19 wow. years. Congratulations. Congratulations. Is that right? 19 years? It Jim? is. It is. Congratulations. So and Jason, long run. You hit the quarter century mark recently as well, right? How on earth did that happen? From both IBM and me. Yeah, that was a tough one. And it was a beautiful coffee mug they gave you to celebrate. It was really worth it, wasn't it? I've broken that one already. It should be a silver <laughs> anniversary, shouldn't it? A silver coffee mug there or a silver tin? I was tin looking cup, for a maybe? watch. Hey, don't get aggressive. It's pewter, okay? <laughs> it's not silver. <laughs> Thanks, IBM. <laughs> uh, IBM's a very fiduciarily responsible company, so <laughs> no silver. Pewter. There we go. Done. All right. So, Neil Syme, I'm a lead account partner of Shell, been on the, with IBM for about seven years, moved across from the UK about three and a half years ago, been in around oil and gas for about 15 years, over a 20 odd year career. So, worked on a few other industries, but been here virtually all the time. So, yeah, working in this place, we like to say just such a wonderful team as well. You know, you can't see the uh, irony that's in the, the voice here. Is it coming across? Or Does what? anyone understand what he's talking about? <laughs> Uh, no idea. <laughs> no idea. I don't recognize. It's good always accent, to turn your so. team members against you. I know we were going to do listener questions later, but it's just so appropriate timing. But we had a question come in from Joe in Pasadena, and he said, "Can we get a translator for the Scottish <laughs> podcast host?" Okay, yeah. now we stop they fighting. I knew this would happen. Joe says you can't understand the thing that comes out of your mouth or your mouth. That's the, true. The best podcast. We are going to go through it. There was a clearly. Fred Miles, who was from Louisiana, suggested that we trade the U.S. had traded a Louisiana person out and got two Scotsmen for it. I'm not too sure if that was a great sort of. It's a great trade for them. Surely, we thought it was quite good. <laughs> yeah, we've had podcasts with other Scotsmen on too. I think there's a little bit of a country-oriented bias on this. You know, there's only five of us. Right, and we just right. keep orientating around <laughs> people. Right. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Neil, 28 degrees Celsius. Let's I can't talk, believe it, uh, man. That's why holidays. we're here. That's why we're late here. 80s, 90s, barmy. Two weeks to go to Christmas. I'm here in my Bermuda shorts, my top off, all Clearly that Clearly working stuff. hard again. <laughs> so, hey, I'm Jerry, by the way. I'm Who is Jerry? Come rel- on. Relative, well, I guess a slightly longer tenure at IBM than Brian, but I still feel like a new IBMer every day because what we're doing here is totally different from normal IBM. We're building our own culture, and I'm very happy to be a part of this team. I've been managing the VP account in North America for a couple of years, and I'm also managing NOV here in North America in Houston. And my background is much more in digital customer experience, digital strategy and transformation than it is oil and gas. But I've learned a few things about oil and gas the last couple of years. I know what a pipeline is now. I know what midstream is. I know what downstream and upstream are. So I feel relatively educated, thanks to most of you. So that's been cool. Learned a lot and um, happy to be here. And do we know what your nickname is now? Brian knows. 
No. Oh, well, IBM Joe Rogan. Oh, Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. Joe Rogan there, we yeah. Yeah. there we go. There we go. I guess we'll start doing some video podcasts. The listeners could judge for themselves. But yeah, we got a face couple for of radio on here. Jerry, let's <laughs> <just remember> that. <laughs> a face for radio. That's, that's right. right. That's My mother used to say that. Face for radio. Except for Neil, he's the best looking. Uh, uh, that's uh, right. That's right. Everybody. You're the youngest looking. I am the youngest looking. <laughs> Let me explain <laughs> the uh, number of Scotsmen who are on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Quite like the idea of translator, though, for Jerry. Not for us. Yeah. Well, Jace, we were planning on doing some reflections. Like, what have we all learned? What have we enjoyed? What could we do differently or better? And what have we covered? What topics have we covered that we liked? What do we think we should do more of? What are we going to cover next year? So maybe we could bounce around a bit and just talk a little bit about what we've all learned and through this process and what we think we're going to be doing next year that might be different. And let's talk about some of our favorite topics, maybe some of the ones we think could we could do more of or not. And we could take some listener questions after that. Yeah. We always say we're going to adapt, adopt, improve. We've said it on every podcast, and we will. I think we've had this podcast. We've given it a try. We started in October. We've enjoyed it, but we need to sort of make sure that that's what the listeners want to listen to. It. But it's what have we enjoyed in listeners' feedback. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll say when we started this, right, and we talked about the energy workforce of tomorrow, maybe I didn't have full appreciation for all the different range of topics that really are part of that conversation. Right. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I look at, you know, Jerry, I, I know I give you probably too many accolades for this. Oh, not another one. Seriously. <laughs> and, and, and hey, I'll take all I can I was get. Say, I know you lap them up like a rapid dog, but <laughs> the women's and welding podcast yeah, that you did was on awesome. location, you know, was amazing. Yeah, no, that right? was good. Uh, you know, we don't really often think, of, you know, especially maybe the industry that we're in being, let's face it, we deal a lot with our clients in the corporate location or uh-huh. doing digital and type projects, but we forget that there are still hard physical assets out there in the field. And there's a career for people out there that the industry needs, as well as I think a lot of communities need. And that was a great podcast, I thought. To uh, talk totally. with that one. Yeah. Lifting up women in the industry, but also lifting up communities that, you know, small communities. It reminds me, we've never mentioned this, Brian or Jerry, we don't take a fee for this at all, right? No, no. So, Jerry, can you just explain that? We've never mentioned this to listeners. But before we move there, and I'll go there in a second, about that women in welding, it was a contest that was sponsored by a really cool group. And I felt really lucky to be able to meet so many amazing women and shine a light on them because what Stephanie Hodacek's doing with her connections from high schools into industry to help the companies like... SLB and others write job descriptions that are attractive to kids graduating from community colleges or high schools to know that they could have a place with a vocation and not feel like they don't qualify as, I don't know, welding engineer too. It was a beautiful insight. And I think it was great to be able to shine a light on them and their cause and kind of give them some support and help because what they're doing is incredible. It was great for me, but really it was amazing to have the light shine on them. So what struck me about that, Jerry, was their excitement. Actually, yeah, their enthusiasm yeah. for it, 100%. I've got a story for you that's true, but don't get too carried away. As I do have a buddy, and his daughter is in between times, between that being online and now today. She's actually now in the field being a welder, and it's a lady, 23-year-old lady. Is now, I'm right? not saying it's down to your podcast solely, but that's genuinely true. It's probably not wow. at all down to that podcast. But it shows you. But it <laughs> is. podcast, but not Jerry. Yeah, well, that's right. Look, it, it wasn't about me. It was about these ladies yeah. doing this amazing thing and showing other women what's it, possible. It shows it that it's coming. It's building, yeah. it's building, and I think hopefully they're finding a career in it. So, and, and, yeah, and the great. economic potential. I mean, these are six-figure incomes, right? And, that's right. Um, we still forget about you know, how good good careers can be with people who have really good skilled labor like that, right? And you're never going to replace that with 
completely with automation or robotics. I don't think the physical environments support that and still very important part of the industry, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. And, and Jason, what was the question that I was going to get to before we went on this? We don't take a fee. We do not take a fee. We've never mentioned oh, this right. in the podcast, Jerry. Just that's explain. Right. Yeah, so typically a podcast like this is sponsored by Owen Erickson in this case. They're paying a fee, a pretty significant one, I might add, in order to put the podcast up. And typically the hosts get a, a portion of that. And it's not a lot of money, but it's not trivial at all. All the money that we would get otherwise as hosts is going to support the charity that's How to Check and these others are working with around kind of promoting the women in careers like this. So we're really proud to be able to do that. This is just for the benefit of the community. So we're really proud of that. No, I think it's very cool. I think it's we, we did this for a reason of us getting something out of it. As you said, Brian, listen to more and understanding what energy workforce for tomorrow, but doing some give back as well has been great for us as a team. I love it. I got to say, it's the first time I'm hearing it though. I actually was been looking for the paycheck and thought that was the whole reason why we were all doing this. <laughs> Jerry's been receiving it. He's supposed to be giving it a bit of a share. Jerry's driving a new car downstairs as well, by the way. It's great. You know, we have learned a lot. I mean, I don't think it's released yet, but we have a show coming out on on neurodiversity and how neurodiversity is a big part of inclusion in the workplace. But Jim, you hosted that with me and I thought we got some incredible insights from that discussion, right? Yeah, I thought that was a fantastic discussion, Brian. The other thing that I guess I've learned throughout listening to all these podcasts is when we started this, the idea of how much can we cover around kind of the workforce? And then you step back a little bit and you realize how much of our waking time all of us spend at work. And then just the cross-section of how people work. I liked your discussion, Jason, with a school teacher who uh, kind of left. James Neofaitu. Yeah, left the industry. And I thought he made awesome a story. New, new perspective. Yeah, that was a good one. The other one that I found really interesting too, Brian, was the one that you hosted on Nook. With, oh, yeah. Uh, with the yeah. folks and with the, David. Uh, the pod kind of based workplaces. Environments. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. That was good. Yeah, the thing that I thought was so cool about that is we talk often about how the workplace is becoming digital and it's becoming virtual, but we don't talk necessarily a lot about what the physical work environment should look or feel like. And that show was really oriented on that. And I think about like all the nuggets that we pick up from the show. And the thing that really I picked up from that one I thought was really interesting is companies are no longer looking at traditional interior design or commercial office space design to set up their physical. They're talking to people who do stage design, yeah. right? So yep. they're yep. talking about flexibility and mobile and being able to actually set up a space. He said what the thought leaders of today are thinking about not how to set up a space for the next month or two months or a year or two. They literally think about it and how to set it up for the day and what the day is going to yeah. look like. And yeah. Yeah. One Flex of the things million. I learned from that one, Brian, I really enjoyed that. I wasn't sure going into it if I was going to find much relevance. And then we're talking about hybrid work and getting people to want to come back to work. And I thought there was a lot there around, you know, somebody's used to having privacy in their house and being able to have these video calls and stuff like that. What are they going to do going back to a pod you know, farm or a cube farm? It's not going to work. Yeah, you I have mean, seven people on a video podcast or video call next to each other. You're going to hear it. It's not going to work. So those dedicated pods that you can kind of break up, break down. I thought that was a really cool. Because we've got a long way to go, right? With COVID, yeah. I think it's one of the things, the biggest challenges. I was in the Shell office today and in their canteen at lunch, it was absolutely ram-packed with various other little things like free popcorn and they had this little happy holidays area, etc. And they're all really trying to get more people back. But what they haven't done yet I don't think is really crack it completely. And I don't just mean Shell here. I mean, in general, just that pod thing, the other ways of the actual interactive work during the day outside the that lunch experience, 
needs to change as well to really get people back. There's a long way to go. So that's yeah. why they've got to think well, different. Neil, it's super interesting. I think we kicked off our first podcast talking about the hybrid work and we back did. to work scenario. Back to work. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? Yep. As you said, the world of COVID, I think, introduced the workforce into a whole different way of working, a whole different maybe way to manage your time and balance and where you are physically in terms of being able to spend more time with your family. And we see obviously kind of a big knee jerk of a lot of companies trying to get things back to what they were before COVID. I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting to see how the next year plays out or so. But in my mind, I don't know that it ever goes fully back to the way it was. No. It's going to be really challenging. If you think of 2022, that's where we all started was we're all working from home. Shit, we need to get everyone back to the office. Was there a bleep there? there I, <laughs> <laughs> no Nin- I got, I got it. Nin- 1900. Hey, Joe, Pasadena, don't worry. We'll send you the translation <laughs> on that one later. Hey, but, you know, there are a lot of podcasts with <laughs> a lot of swearing on their podcasts. Oh, really? Sam Harris and others, yeah. Don't, don't open go. that door. Okay, uh, yeah, let's, that door. let's keep it clean. Um, <laughs> now, but joking apart, what did we all do? Then there was a, we need to get back to the office, the board. We're buying off. We need to three people in. Let's mandate it. Then we've gone to hybrid. I still think we're still in this. There's a new world. There's a bit of a, who's got the ruling on? I think it's you, awkward. Yeah, it's very awkward because if we demand people are going to go hybrid, and I think we're moving towards that where the power is actually where the people have let the people do what they want to work. I don't think it sits with the board now personally of Neil Syme, Jim Kosas, I need you in the office three, four days a week. I think this is turning into a slightly different conversation, which is companies should begin to see this as a competitive advantage to get people from other go. companies because you're getting some of the people like Elon Musk, see, that's demanding they come back to the office six days a week or whatever. And that will then twist the knife for people that never want to work that way. So now work-life balance, all that type of stuff or the work environment is going to become the type of thing that actually attracts people to your mm. company. So mm. they should be thinking about this competitively, not just about what works, what doesn't work. They should actually think, what type of people do we want to attract? Let's adjust our working practice to that and get people in for that. You know, attached to that as well, we did Gordon Treadgold on leadership and David Reed. Uh, And also the other thing with culture, leadership, and then quiet quitting from Liz. I mean, all of that, again, go back to your question first, Brian. We didn't even think about this on day one when we took this podcast, but we've just opened our minds to what real elements of energy workforce of tomorrow is really having an impact? And what should we talk about? It's amazing what happens when you open yourself up to new relationships and new ideas and you start to expand your thinking and learning I'll, a ton. I'll be honest, I looked at this topic when we first came up with it and I was like, we've got like five, six shows out of this. What else are we going to talk about? Was that a Scotsman doubting? Where no, we're no, 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 never, never, never. <laughs> Not able to should talk garbage for, yes, for 20 shows. For <laughs> It's amazing where we went. And I've looked at our future topics as well that, I've, that we're maybe going to talk about in a second. And there's so much variety. So I'm still cool with it. Jerry, one that blew me away, Liz Swigger. Oh, yeah. Mental right. health. Yeah. The story that she has from her own personal experience. Well, that's coming. We haven't released that one yet, but that oh, one's coming. No, we didn't quite quitting. But Liz gave us one. We did a podcast with Liz that we'll release in the new year that really dove into psychological safety and emotions at work, work work-life balance and powerful story that she shared to be sure. Is that just like someone coming on and tell someone shot someone at the end of the film? Is that what I've just done? Oh, well, you mean <laughs> a spoiler? <laughs> hey, tell us a sort of 30 right. seconds about that show. Well, you've, that that's all right. You've, shot you've the told the little right. kid okay. what the right. presents are for Christmas already. <laughs> you just <laughs> sort of pre-launched a bit. That's yeah, all. Yeah, that's all right. No problem at all. I really like the 
when we had David Reed on the first time, and we just launched a second podcast with David today on ESG and what NOV's role there is, but when we had him on the first time, the focus was culture at a conglomerate. NOV is a company that's bought 300 companies in the last 20 years. So we were really confused about what the role of culture was in a company like that. And some really interesting learnings about, hey, you know, look, Jerry and Jason, NOV doesn't buy companies that aren't successful and try to make them work. We buy companies that are successful and therefore we don't want to destroy them by buying them and bringing them into our culture and like making them do all the things that we do. We let them perform. Was that not also the podcast that you questioned if David was Scottish? That went really well. <laughs> fun, I did not Never question whether you were Scottish. Again. I questioned I we if you were Scottish. Oh, so it was me. The two Scotsmen on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We need David, you and I, Neil. Three Scotsmen yeah, on the podcast. Totally three Scotsmen people. and a bag of chips. What else do we need? <laughs> I think there's some bullying going on here. <laughs> it's like one of the lone Americans. <laughs> we're going to be outnumbered pretty soon. I yeah. Think, so oh, we are. Worldwide, we're going to yeah. take over. So what are we doing next then, Jerry? What's the next? Or guys, what do we think we're going to cover in 2023? And what are we going to see? Actually, I'm really interested. Not so much, what are we actually going to see in the? Are we going to see more mandating, hybrid, more mental health awareness, more neurodiversity? Brian, what's yours? Well, I think, first of all, and we say this on every show and we sincerely mean it, right? We want to hear from the audience and want to hear what you want to hear about, right? And we want to keep this show, I think, to have a wide variety of topics. I think it'd be great for us to do some more on-location shows like Jerry did at the Roving Reporter contest. That was really fantastic. And I keep throwing my questions out maybe before the official question and answer session. But, you know, another one. one. Yeah, we got one from Shannon in Houston, who's uh, she works in carbon capture technologies. And she said, when are you going to start having on guests like us who are maybe part of that next generation of the energy workforce of the future. And we've talked about that, like as a team, we absolutely want to reach out to our respective client bases that we serve, as well as the broader Houston community and bring on some of the younger emerging talent that's starting to work on some of the challenges and opportunities that exist in either you know energy transition technologies or sustainability. Yeah. And Brian, in fact, tomorrow, you'll remember we're going to see a leader at NOV in intelligent manufacturing talk about how he and his team are reaching into the universities to grab folks who are motivated, who want to have careers in things like digital science, AI, ML, and training them from the ground up to be a part of their intelligent manufacturing landscape. And I think that's exactly on point for Shannon's question, to bring in some younger folks who are doing this now, who are breaking into the energy industry in new ways with new tech and things like that. Brian, just in your point, if people want to get a hold of us, you can go to the footnotes, right, of each one of the podcasts. Yeah, just pop us a direct message on LinkedIn. Yeah, Yeah. I think a couple of us have already gotten a couple of messages. We read them. We want to hear from you. And more importantly, I think if you've got a great story, we want you on the show. Come on, I was going to say, yeah, let's get you on. It's great. I mean, to be honest, I think all of us would say the podcast at first is a little bit never done it. What are you doing? Once you do one, it's fantastic. I think it's really cool. So I can read a couple of our prospective guests here. So we've got uh, GMS Sustainability from one of the super majors that we're going to do something. I think George, you know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a shark. An inversionista from Latin America, one of the Colombian Shark Tank investors is going to come on and talk about talent for her startup in Miami. Cool. That's going to be cool. We've got podcasts coming up with an AVP of Energy SF, Vicky Johnson. We're going to talk to her. We're going to talk to a couple folks in the university landscape. We've got our person at IBM that runs one of our innovation centers and conversation with some universities he works with to build some of the workforce that we're trying to build. Yep. We've got some local 
I think maybe either University of Houston or Rice, some of the folks in leadership there that we're going to talk to about what they're doing to build the energy workforce of the future and much more. And we got diversity. In fact, we've got Friday, we've got Zach Nunn, Living Corporate, Good point. who's giving a voice to black and brown employees in the workforce, um, helping them navigate and advocating for sponsorship for black and brown and persons of color in the workforce today that didn't have as much of that. So he's got some really interesting messages and our younger podcast team is going to do that podcast this week. So I got to talk to Zach and the pre-show, you know, prep for you. He's going to be awesome. He's yeah. an amazing guy. Amazing it, guy. Another one that I'm looking forward to is the neurodiversity one that Brian mentioned. And in that podcast, I learned so much participating in it. Everything from the fact that workforces today are neurodiverse within the workforce. So it's not just a matter of having an initiative for it going forward. It's already happening. And the other thing that came out of that podcast was just around interviewing, right? And how the interview method is very much geared towards a non-neurodiverse population. The other exciting thing about that going into 2023, which I hope we see more of, is starting to create a series of podcasts related to a certain topic. Mm. Because we had 30, 40 minutes with some great folks from SAP, Chevron, and Jeff from Potentia, exactly. but we only scratched the surface in mm. that 30-minute I show. think we should go to, yeah, I love that, and I think we should also go to more colleges and universities. Because I think if we think about it, Brian, you're always on our case of Let's bring the juniors in or the next gen. Where are they coming from? Let's go to a career fair and do a podcast right from the career fair. Yeah, Yeah, a recruiting fair. Raving reporter again. You know, I think (laughs) at a a macro level, and I I think it's awesome, we should get some of those folks on, but I think at a macro level, almost if you look at any of the shows that we did that were talking specific about, you know, certain skills that are needed in the workplace. And I think the one that we're going to do tomorrow, Jerry, is really interesting. There seems to be such an overwhelming need for these skills in our business marketplace today that I think that the conversation is now getting very specific about, hey, I don't need somebody with 20 years of just general work experience. I need somebody who's ready to dive in and can really take on a particular area or task, whether it's new and they want to learn about it. We talked to Gordon about that, right? I thought it was a great show. Fred said that we need people to get back out onto rigs. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I know. So I think it's an exciting phase in the industry because mm-hmm. I think it's much more open maybe now than it ever has been for young people to come in with specific or rather their you know technology skill sets or welding sort of trade labor skill sets or people that want to get into the field and get away from corporate. And I think we're going to continue to hear more about that. Hey, which podcast is your mother like, Neil? Because that's always our... <laughs> the only one I'm in, Jason. The only one you're <laughs> the only in. One, okay. Number 12. For, yeah. Hi, Mom. Neil's a joke, <laughs> listeners, that Neil Syme's mother so is our... Uh, she comes up with about 50% well, of our listenership, I think, eventually. <laughs> I, I really didn't want to disclose this on our holiday show, but I guess I will. I am interviewing her on a future podcast. I guarantee that. <laughs> and I'm going to interview you. your mother-in-law, Brian. Hey, we just put them on together. Let's I think that. that would be excellent. Dude, I'm out that week. <laughs> let's... let's in fact, we're, we're, Jason, we're going to do the daughters. We're, Jason and Brian Actually, are going to have our daughters point. on to yeah. talk about what they think their papas do and what they're thinking about you know, in their futures. And maybe we could do one for the mother-in-laws. So there you go. We'll do the mother-in-law. I don't know if the listeners would like that one. Do fine mother-in-laws I struggle with. <laughs> so guys, we're punching up on, I think we got to move into some other topics. So we were going to talk a little bit about some listener questions. We got in a couple already. Jason, there was one that came our way around the quiet quitting one, which said, you know, quiet quitting's a gaslighting term, you know, that corporations are using to get people to do more work, to guilt them into doing more work. And I didn't know what quiet quitting was when 
we did the show. So I know that I certainly wasn't looking at it that way. I certainly can appreciate that perhaps it has become a bit of a buzzword. I think Liz told us it's been around forever, right? It just seems to be called that now, quite quitting because it's an acronym or whatever it is, the alliteration phrase, and people love that. And they just say it over and over again. So it's gotten a lot of press. But what I wanted to respond to that listener with was, we learned a lot about what quiet quitting is and some of the inequities in the way our corporations work today that drive that behavior. And also the fact that a job description, to be fair, says this is what you need to do and we're going to measure you by it. And if there's all this other stuff that actually differentiates people and their good performance and they're not rewarded for it, for going above and beyond that paid more than not recognized, they don't get equity, whatever it is. And that's not necessarily fair. So corporations need to think about that and they need to start thinking about ways to drive that incremental behavior and reward people for it and paint a clear expectation about what constitutes good performance and write it into the job description. I agree. And one thing that I said, guys, about I think something at IBM that's not as great as it was a year or two ago is we used to have a lot more dimensions of measurement of what it meant to be successful at IBM. And we've kind of distilled that down into two primary dimensions. And I feel like we should go back the other way because you know leadership, looking out for other people, taking care of your clients, eminence, all those things that are outside of a traditional job description really are important to know that you're being measured on. Yeah. And I think there's always going to be industry buzzwords. You're going to get a lot of attention. But what it really boils down to is you need a motivated, engaged workforce, right? And people need to feel that their work is important. They need to feel like they're rewarded for their work. It's really important, I think, as an individual to look out for your own career. And you know, I think Zach will talk about this based on the prep we did that you've got to have a purpose and a plan and a real sponsor, right? Just yeah. not a mentor, yeah. uh, not to steal too much thunder from that show. But also, I think as leaders in the industry, you have to look out for your team and challenge them, motivate them to want to take it to the next level. Yeah. So here's my take on it, which is, I think, to your point uh, there, Brian, I think, look, it's a lack of engagement. And that's been around, or the measurement of engagement within has been around forever. I think what the weird thing about quiet quitting has done is it's made it cool to be slightly disengaged. People have eventually goes, you know what, I'm a quiet quitter. I fear people owning up to it, you know, mm. like secretly, but like my mates more than my professional work colleagues. And it's been something that's like, it's almost like a pushback by some of the employees to go, you know what, they don't treat me great. So my lack of engagement now has this cool term called quiet quitting. Mm. I can joke about it and laugh about it. If anything, that's a little bit empowering for the employees. So employers need to be super guarded to make sure that they don't let that happen and don't let it snowball. So they've got to make sure engagement is one of their top priorities going forward. So I think it's a kind of weird thing about empowerment almost. Yeah. Even though it is a buzzword, mm. it's made it cool. Yeah, it has its power. Interesting point of view. Jim, did you get a question from a listener that you I, wanted to share? I did. I did. I got a question from Mary in New Jersey. And her question is, when are we going to see more females on the mics? I know Mary from New Jersey. We're getting, we've gotten two for sure, right? So Kieran and Komal. That's right. And we just need to get more and more both co-hosting and we need to get more and more on there. And I know from the list of group that we've got, we've actually got quite a few there, but we want more. So listeners, lady listeners, please let's get out there. And also please just nominate, if you want to come on, let us know. And we would love to have you on and find out some of your various other options because right. more the merrier, diverse, that's all the entire theme behind this particular thing. I think we should have like an open mic Monday or something, right? Just anybody wants open to come in and do the Monday, podcast. I like yeah, that. yeah. Oh, that's a good shout. Yeah. yeah another yeah. buzzword. Right. Open mic Monday. <laughs> Ice cream or? Yeah. What? 
Yeah, well, I thought you were training. <laughs> Told you it's a holiday, Jason. <laughs> yeah, it's squarely on our radar. We have a bunch of podcasts scheduled that are featuring both female hosts and female guests. And I think that's important as well. So we absolutely need to do that. Mary, we are on that and we acknowledge that. And that's something we're going to keep working on. One question I got, Jerry, I just remembered this clearly wasn't in the prep session. I'm going to totally blow you guys. But actually, when we did Fred Miles, Neil, actually Jason Miles, who's Fred's son, and I know him well, but he was listening and was clearly proud of his father on. But one of the points I think he touched on, which was great, was about mid-career people and the need for personal development skills, the ability to grow people under you and have them ready to succeed. And the view was, yeah, I think there's a problem where the companies are potentially focusing more on profit and the business versus actually looking after the people, which goes back to your point, Brian, and you, Neil, is I think that's a big... So the question was around mid-level, mid-age, is that right? Mid-career people that need to be lightly touched. It is fair. I think a lot of the training and all of that is focused on the younger level, and then it's like, mm. get on with it. And then people then become potentially disengaged because they don't get that development. So it's an excellent question. Yeah, maybe they fall I hadn't actually it. thought about it yeah. like that before, but it's certainly something I've experienced in my career. Yeah, if you've got say. a good mentor, it's fine, but it's almost like a critical skill of personal development. What are we trying to do for the younger Neils, Jims, Jerry's, Brian and Jason's? Well, I mean, it's funny, Jace, because I mean, I go back to one of our previous podcasts and when we talked to Gordon, I think he kind of experienced that personally in his own mm, career. Where he did indeed. He didn't feel like he was being appreciated for his contribution and he left the organization and look at Gordon now, right? So are you telling everybody to quit, Brian? Absolutely not. But I do think it is a warning shot across the bow, right? For leaders and companies to make sure that I think it's easy when you have someone that's performing at a high level, yeah, just to let them keep doing that and just expect they're going to show up every day and do that and almost start to take it for granted, right? So I think we have to remember as leaders to appreciate those who go the extra mile, but I also think it's incumbent upon ourselves also to set, and I think this was a great message from Gordon, that he felt there was a better place for him outside of that organization and he could be more and be appreciated more. And, you know, rather you're talking leaving your current job or moving into a different job in your organization, I think you have to constantly challenge yourself. So I've right? just drafted the I quit email, but should I send, should I, hit the <laughs> send button? I thought it's been drafted for years. He's going to send it from your mailbox. Yeah, it's just yeah. a draft in your email box. Right yeah, they're trying to get rid of me over the 25 years. I've just not got it. I keep moving. So they keep sending my email to the wrong email and I keep moving on. It bounces back. Right? At some point. It bounces back. Right? Hey, another one I got, and actually just thinking about, I was in Plains All-American the other day, Jim, and Alma there that works in HR wanted to talk about psychological capital. Now, just thinking about just tying things in again, young female professional in HR, change management, I personally didn't know what psychological capital, I think it means around sort of self-optimism, hope and resilience, a bit of pillars of hope. But that type of thing, I loved what Alma said to me because we should bring that up. I don't know what it is. Let's expose it, understand it. Why does she think it's important? And let's do it. That's the type of thing I think Jim... We need, you know, young professionals and especially Alma, et cetera, from planes to come in and just give us a view, right? Yeah, I'm not familiar with the term, Jason, but it certainly sounds interesting. It seems like it would also dictate some of that is the psychological capital kind of defines the culture of the organization, Absolutely. right? And mm. through, as people reassess what they want to do with their careers, trying to find that match, so kind of that self-assessment and then looking for organizations that are aligned with your personal kind of traits and ambitions. It seems to be something that is underlying a lot of the discussions that we're seeing now. We'll have to see how close you are on that one. 
afterwards. I'm still Indeed. confused. <laughs> That's just helped me. I've put my I resign email in draft now. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> After 25 years. <laughs> Every day. All right. So I've got a question. So my question From is, your mother. Oh, no, no. Come on. No, no. Come on. I will you be home tonight? This one, this, this one maybe was from Laudan in Scotland, but it was my mom. It can't be. No. <laughs> Her, her question is, can Neil be on more podcasts? <laughs> I love that Scottish accent, but not right. the one from Fife. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm going to have to warm my mother before this goes anywhere near on air. <laughs> All right, so this was, what do the team think about what will be the key new attribute that will be required in the next five years Ooh. in the energy industry? Ooh. What do we think? Of, of employees? Of employees. What do we think will be the most needed skill and attribute? That's the way I read mm. that. Again, and go back to one of our shows, you guys talked to Fred Miles, right? Yeah. And what did he say? Engineers coming out of university now, they want them to have really good data and technology skill sets as well. So to me, I think you've got to have some appreciation and understanding of the importance of data, the importance of automation, artificial intelligence, along with core engineering skills or whatever. So to me, I think that's a big one. And remember, he said, don't sit in the central office, get out in the business units and understand the industry. I think there's a lot of that of data and analytics, I think, are spot on because knowing how to monetize, how to get value out of data, using data to make good decisions. I mean, those are all precepts of successful businesses today and how to like, carve out an edge. Yeah, I mean, what I took from it was from the Fred was the mesh. It was the mesh of the old and the new, really. So trying to embed all those previously industry, but not previous because they're still very relevant. I think I said that on the podcast as well. <laughs> what I really mean is those still relevant skills that are really deep and in the field, plus all of the data, mm. AMI, and the stuff that's going to build on it, make it much easier, more mm. efficient. Mm -hmm. That mesh and understanding a bit yeah. of both is going to be like gold yeah. dust. Jim, is it not a lot well about the mining stuff? I mean, we talked to Salonis today and it's a little bit of... There's going to be new skills needed around process mining, et cetera, as well. And what do we do with that data, right? Yeah, that was a good conversation that we had today. And part of that is having an interest in a kind of a core skill set to adapt to change, right? And being satisfied in doing something new, doing something different. And I think that's going to be kind of one of the core skills that, that we're going to see in the industry because we kind of know what the next couple of years may look like. But beyond that, we know that there's going to be significant change with sustainability and shifts in the industry and being able to adapt to that change is going to be a core skill. And also who knew if like COVID was coming five years ago, right? So that's completely changed the workforce. What's going to yeah. be happening in the next five years that's going to completely change it. So we may have a number of thoughts around it, but there'll be this little ace yeah. in the hole that will really shake things up. That means yeah. that we need well, some other type of skill we hadn't completely Well, maybe about. to that point, mastering productivity yeah. when you're not in a structured environment. Adaptability. Maybe mm -hmm. that's the key attribute mm -hmm. that you need. Yeah, I think we've learned, obviously, in the last couple of years, just how complex the world is now with globalization, right? How integrated supply chains are, for instance, right? How dependent we are on industries outside of your home country, et cetera. So yeah, I think that agility and adaptability is huge, right? Yeah, well, I think we've come to the end of it, Chase. We would talk about yeah. holiday plans. We're off to dinner now. Super quick. So we're going to for dinner. Up. That's the holiday plan. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Who's buying me a drink? I'll buy you a drink. I'll buy you know a drink. Why not? 25 years, right. Chase. Right. Running kids to basketball games and barrel races. <laughs> That's exactly what you're going to be doing. You're going to be chilling in your F-150, and I'll say, are you okay? Yeah, I'm driving somewhere that's right. else. Eating barbecue. I, I got an idea for Jace for a drink. Something that's got 25 years on the end of it. There we go. Nice. Well, I'd like to say thank you much for you guys and our listeners. I think if I talk for all of us here, five and the other people from the IBM team that are involved in this, you don't hear from as well because we've got a crew of people and OGGN, I'd say thank you because we've loved doing what we're going to do. And we will, I keep saying it, 
but we want to adopt and improve this. And the next year, if you guys give us more feedback, and as you said, Brian, come into it, we'll make this better and we'll get it clearer. And if we really need to drill in, I like what Neil said, we've been pretty spread out initially because we had to be, then we're going to heat map and go into it. So. And Jason, I mean, we can't close the show without saying a big thank you to all of our guests that have joined you know, oh, yeah. the show. Fantastic. Talk about how much we've learned from them. I mean, I think our job's been easy because they yeah. really carry the, the weight for us in the show, and we've learned so much from us. So thank you to them, and happy holidays yeah, to absolutely. 100%. Are you having a clouty dumpling for Christmas, by the way? Uh, okay, <laughs> i got to get the translator out again. <laughs> I, no, I knew they wouldn't get it. No idea. I knew they wouldn't get it. I was going to use the true or false as the sport of haggis <laughs> huddling throwing as an actual thing. True <laughs> or false. We officially switched off of English, by the way. <laughs> we did. So, listeners, thank you very much. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas from all of us. Again, adapt, adopt, improve is our strap line, which we will do and we'll go forward. Have a great time with the family. Look forward to talking to all you guys in 2023. Cheers, Happy holidays, guys. everybody. Happy holidays, all. Offer a drink. Bye. Join us again next week on the Energy Workforce of Tomorrow podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com. <laughs> <laughs>